Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is Kelly Higdon. I'm one of your hosts. And today I am joined by a team of Beth Medina and Cynthia Schwartzberg from Financial Flow. And we're going to talk about their story of taking their success from their practices and moving it into helping other clinicians in their practices with brain spotting and money blocks. Let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hey, Cynthia. Welcome. Well, thank thank you. you so much for having us. It's so good to see you, Kelly. Ah, for those of you who are on the podcast, uh, Beth and Cynthia and I are on Zoom, so we can see each other, <laughs> which is really great. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your backgrounds and the work that you've done and how you kind of both have ended up in this brain spotting world. I know you've been doing this work, Cynthia, for a very long time. Beth, you've been doing it for as long as I've known you. And talking about the journey of building your business, the original, the like where you first started, what was, how did you fall into brain spotting and how did it play into your business building? Cynthia, you start because this is a great uh, story that you have about brain spotting. Um, so I started out in the field in this process called core energetics, which is working with energy and consciousness. Yes. And one, oh, you know it? Yeah. Oh, yay. <laughs> cool Actually, stuff. recently I was taking a yoga class and she had two slides on core energetics. I was oh. like, wow. Mm-hmm. So it's, working with the developmental trauma and the blocks in the body mm-hmm. and how the body gets frozen in these protective um, embodied manners. And along the way came EMDR. And so I went to study EMDR and got so excited because it was about the eye block in my, in my brain from corner. Mm-hmm. And so I expanded coronogenics, integrating EMDR with it. And then I needed to um, pursue my EMDR education. So I went to Cape Cod because it was this great opportunity to learn and go to the beach. And that's where I met Dr. David Grand and got to learn about this process called natural flow. So instead of doing EMDR with rapid eye movements, he slowed it up. So at that time, I was a coronergetics facilitator and trainer and also um, studying with a supervisor who had more of a Buddhist perspective. And then I um, started to integrate a lot of different things. And sadly, she had passed away. Mm. So I called up David Grand and I said, I need supervision. Because I believe that if I'm in this field, I need to be studying it. And I also need to be working on myself. Mm -hmm. I believe in working from the inside out and the outside in. So I, that was in about 2000. And then we were doing natural flow, EMDR. And then he discovered 
brain spotting. Well, he discovered that instead of moving across the field of vision, stopping on a spot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you tell a clinician that you've discovered something, they take it through the practice and they try it. So we um, went back to our offices and it was amazing. I could feel like the heat and the blood flowing in the back of my head. Wow. Doing it. And um, I started having really good results with clients. So I've been in that consultation group with him since then. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened was I was living in New York at the time. I moved down to Georgia. I don't know if you want like all this history or not, but I I couldn't like I was teaching in core energetics and I love core energetics. It's a wonderful way of helping the movement in the body and the um, you know, the body keeps the scores. So like the body holds so much of our story and to work with the body is an incredible way for a clinician to support a client. Mm -hmm. But with the brain spotting, I could see that we were getting to that subcortical brain with a lot less intervention from me. I did not say to somebody, lie down, kick, here's a, you know, bataka, like a rubber band, and mm -hmm. hit. And I was, I can just hold space. So it's much more of a being than a doing. Mm -hmm. And I love that quality about it. And mm -hmm. I was also trained in breath work, which helped me do the core energetics because it was right. much more permission asking. Right. Yeah. Um, love me some breath work. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> what I think, I think one of the things I want to highlight for people listening is that I mean, you've been doing this work a long time, right, Cynthia? There is an ongoing evolution. So whoever you are today listening in 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you hopefully, if you continue to pursue your passion and the learning will continue to develop in what you're interested in, things will meld together in their own good timing. And they, I always find that if people stay true to themselves, that alignment just comes together so, so beautifully over time. You don't need to worry to get it all done all right now. <laughs> you know, there are many, many things that help people. Um, I think about it in my own path, you know, as I, I was, I just signed up for breathwork training, all these okay. kinds of things. I do Reiki and I'm like, I have no idea how this will all come together. Why? I really do love coaching, but some of that stuff is already integrating. And so part of building your practice is taking that integrative approach. Um, I think it's a beautiful demonstration of how you've done that. Yeah. And Beth, you've done the same too, and in, in your own way. In my own way. I just want to say that just Cynthia is, she's such an amazing teacher mm -hmm. and just to watch her and the evolution really is, is inspiring. So I'm glad that you highlighted that Kelly, that mm -hmm. for anyone listening, you know, wherever you are in your practice, you don't have to remain stuck and stagnant. Right. Right. So I started my journey. Um, let's go way back when I was 14 years old. I knew <laughs> that I wanted to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. I won't, I won't give you all the details, but just, it just kind of dawned on me one day, like I want to be a therapist. So when I went to, um, to college, I was one of the only students that knew what my major was going to be. Mm -hmm. And then of course I went to graduate school, yada, yada. So we get to the point where we have to do the internships or practicum during, uh, during our master's program. And the only place I could find to do that work was in a substance abuse facility. And I always thought, well, 
Well, actually, originally I thought I worked with substance abusers and I was like, no, nah, that sounds too hard. And of course I end up there, right? Mm-hmm. So um, after graduation, I went to work at that hospital and then I got laid off because there was a divorce with the hospital. Two mm-hmm. hospitals had come together, then they broke up. So, you know, you just sort of pick up and, and move on. I'd gotten married at the time and I um, moved down to central Florida and started working for a substance abuse agency. And it was there that I got turned on to EMDR back in 2001, I think mm-hmm. was, yes. So at the time I was doing some work uh, with the family services department and I went to one of our residential facilities and I just sat in on one of the groups. It was a trauma group and it was a horrendous group because it was a group where they just talked about the worst experiences of their lives and then sent everyone back to the rooms. You know, it was not good trauma therapy. So mm-hmm. I looked into how EMDR worked and all that. And of course I found it was just astoundingly incredible how, um, how you could transform, not just how you were feeling, but also how you were thinking about it just by using um, this beautiful approach called EMDR. Um, so I stayed at that facility for, gosh, about six years. I went through a divorce and then I moved back to the area in which I grew up in. And I was like, okay, now I actually get to do what I always wanted to do. And that's going to private practice. And so of course, uh, being a single person and needing to earn income, I went to work for an EAP mm-hmm. and I started doing some private practice on the side and gosh, probably about four months into doing that, I went out full time. And because I was an EMDR therapist in an area where we didn't have much um, really good trauma therapy, and I was so excited about it because of all the wonderful experiences I'd had, I got full very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I went from having like the first month of private practice full time, I grossed, <laughs> I grossed 500 bucks. Um, I know it's kind of scary. Uh, <laughs> but by the time I, let's see, about four months later, I was making enough money to go out and open my own office with my, uh, with my friend who I was sharing some office space with. So it, it immediately went from zero to 60. I mean, immediately first full year made over a hundred thousand dollars. And so of course I thought, man, like I found the magic solution here, you know, no more poor person working for an agency anymore. And I love my work, of course because it's wonderful work to transform people's trauma. But about seven years in, Mm -hmm. I really, my body started breaking down. But when I back up, I knew I took insurance early on and I knew that I didn't want that kind of practice because I found it very quickly how much work it was and how little the pay was and all the different headaches. So very quickly, I started firing all the quote unquote bad insurance companies, the ones that were difficult to work with that didn't pay a whole lot and all that. And for the longest time, I only had one insurance company. But at that time, I was starting to develop some health problems, some actually some heart problems. So I knew I couldn't keep seeing 30 clients. So a week, it was too much, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I'm like, how did I even do that? Right? <laughs> yeah. It's just craziness. It kind of reminded me of being, you know, working full time and interning and going to mm-hmm. school and all that, that crazy mess that we do the last year of our graduate, uh, graduate lives, right? Well, I was introduced to EMD and to, um, to brain spotting rather back in 2013, um, actually by my EMDR consultant who did my certification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little did she know it was going to lead to my um, 
you know, diving in totally to the brain spotting world. Um, but nonetheless, what a beautiful experience. I started learning about something called self-spotting and that's when you do the work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a good thing for me to use to help me get off of insurance companies because, you know, I built this quote unquote successful practice, right? Yeah. And I was really afraid of many things that people are afraid of. Like, what will people think? You know, what, it, what about the people that I'm already serving? How can I abandon them? All of that stuff. So I was able to work through a lot of it, most of it with just doing some self-spotting, but there was this one little fear that I had, and that was what kind of an idiot would I be to take this perfectly good practice and Mm -hmm. totally ruin it by going self-pay. And I just couldn't work through it. So I called one of, um, one of our, um, near uh, and dear friends who actually is the grandmother of of the brain spotting world. And I asked her if she would work with me on this issue. And she said, of course. So about 30 minutes in to our session, I knew I was done. I was like, okay, that's all. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. And I wrote the dear John letter to the insurance company. And I told my clients I was getting off of the insurance. And of course, before I, before I hit uh, send, on that. Uh, it was very, very scary. I prayed a lot and then I hit send and then I had a little mini panic attack and I was like, you know what, it's going to be okay, no matter what happens. And then that's of course, when I met you, um, and Miranda uh, Kelly. So I knew I needed to do something to quote unquote market my practice because I had to do things differently. So that's when I joined the, um, the, uh, the BSB bootcamp for, um, for therapists and, I think I told you guys, let's see, I signed up in August and we started in October and I already made the money back that I invested by the time we started the program. So that was a fantastic investment. Yes. 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 So if anyone's listening, make sure that you join BSB. Okay. Yes. You have to do that. And then to the, in 2017, that's when I had a complete year of no insurance. And you know, the answer, of course, Kelly, but I was so surprised that I was able to work half the time mm-hmm. and make as much, if not more mm-hmm. than the same, you know, that I was making, um, with insurance. Mm-hmm. It was a re- really beautiful transition. I was like, wow, if that's possible, what else is possible? Mm-hmm. Well, by that time, Cynthia and I had already met because we, we met through brain spotting training and, uh, Dr. David Grand actually introduced us, put us together to uh, talk about starting the Southeast Brain Spotting Institute. So Cynthia is the absolute founder. And by the way, she mentioned that she moved down from New York to Atlanta. I mean, you can tell she's not from around here in the South, right? <laughs> and she started this amazing um, flourishing pro- uh, program of brain spotting in the South. I mean, she is absolutely the reason that we have so much brain spotting in the Southeast area. And so she was the founder of the Southeast Brain Spotting Institute. And I was just tagging along for the ride. But, you know, for those five years that we worked, we call it SEBI, the Southeast Brain Spotting Institute, Mm -hmm. that we worked together with SEBI, we we really learned that we work really well together and we complement each other very well. And so when I was contemplating starting this program, because as you and I've talked about before, Kelly, uh, you know, money issues for therapists 
really hold us back from not just from living the lives that we're meant to live, but also from giving our best to our clients. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to find a way to help therapists with that. And I knew that brain spotting was going to be part of that journey. But for the longest time, I couldn't really figure out what it was about the money thing, because you said to me before, you need to work on this, like we need a program like this. And I was like, yeah, but there's something about working with money um, that didn't feel right. And the thing is that what I was afraid of at the time was that there might be a lot of focus on just making money, making money, making money. And that really wasn't where my heart was. You know, it really is about living living a life that's worth living, giving ourselves the lives that we give our clients. Being sustainable. Sustainable, sustainable, but also having that joy Mm -hmm. that we, that we feel within, you know, really inspiring others and having a community in which we can do that is an important part of the journey. Right. So I knew that, that my idea was too big to do myself. Mm -hmm. And so one day I asked Cynthia if she would want to partner with me and she was like, sure, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) And the rest is history. Let's talk a little bit about money block. Go ahead. Can I just bring time one thing to end with what Mm -hmm. um, before, which is um, professionally, I've always been a part of a community. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking in terms of your listeners who um, are maybe in some kind of transition, like of how their career is going, but that networking, that connecting, that relationship building is so key and so important. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we all heal in community, but we also can expand in community. Right. I think think, it's a healthy community. Sure. I mean, I've been doing a lot of journey work this past year and retreat work. And a lot of my healing has been done in these large community gatherings. And I am pretty adamant now that um, most healing is best with people. And at the same time, Beth knows this from me teaching in business school, Miranda and I being in partnership are pretty like sticklers about when should you partner? Um, so people who are listening, I'm just going to put in my two cents here of there's got to be something that the other doesn't offers that you don't have. Um, right. because being in, uh, Miranda and I always joke, it'd be harder to divorce each other than it was for her to divorce her, her ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're yes. more tied financially in all sorts of ways. And so I think, but what I love is that there, you had a long time of knowing each other, a, yes. a deep knowledge of each other's skills and what the other brought. So for anyone who's listening, who's like, that's what I need. I just need a partner. I want, I want to connect this to what I think a lot of people do when they have money issues and how they try to solve them. Um, one of those is if I just had a partner, it'd be easier and it would solve this money issue. Or, you know, if I, just see more clients, it'll solve it and all the different ways. But what is, can you speak a little bit about what's unique about brain spotting and, and circumventing all these exterior solutions to the fear, tension of growth in practice, how it's, how it is different than these other approaches that a lot of people sometimes do try and find. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that part of it is that that it gets to that subcortical brain. So Mm -hmm. some of those approaches, like if you do these steps, it's going to get you here. 
It may or may not, mm-hmm. but because I'm still the same person walking those steps mm-hmm. and still getting stuck. So the brain spotting offers the unsticking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when we combine whether like in our class, if we're looking at your earning, your savings, your spending, if we're looking at those areas in our life to help it flourish, we need to weed out the garden. Right. Yeah. And the brain yeah. spotting processes that we we have incorporated into our work really helps to weed those that garden out. So then the creativity can flower right. and it can go beyond your imagination. Because math is math. That's not going to change with brain spotting, but what does shift is the shame, the guilt, the fear, the anxiety, the stress, the stories, all of that. Yes. And the conditioning, Mm -hmm. you know, like the belief systems or our attachment to, well, that's how we did it in my family. Mm -hmm. Like I can't go past my mother, father, sister, brother, because it might be embarrassing to them. You know, Mm -hmm. like whatever the story might be that I'm holding in my heart, in my body, that's what, when we can get through those knots in Mm -hmm. our subconsciously and the things that we don't realize we even put together get revealed when we're doing brain spotting. That's Mm -hmm. the, one of the great gifts of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Sometimes it's not about money at all. Sometimes it's about grief, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's like, because how will I not fit in anymore? If I, if I, if I outgrow this way of living, for example. And also, I mean, you and I've talked to you about like, for example, a lot of therapists, um, there's a rise of chronic immune conditions, health issues. And if you start to say my needs are different, it means that you are admitting that something has shifted physically that, you know, and there is a grief attached to that. So there's might be a resistance to making the changes that you need to make in your business in order to care for you, just because it's hard to accept the circumstance or change that you're going through. Exactly. It's also hard for me to give myself that time. If I think that um, my, if money is attached to every, I have to work hard. I have to give an hour to get a dollar. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as therapeutic practices are so often linked that way, um, it's like we have just so much energy for manpower, Mm -hmm. whatever power, you know, human power. People power. Mm -hmm. power, Yeah. Yeah. So um, to, you know, like we have to somehow find a way to unknot that. What have you unknotted, Cynthia, like within yourself using brain spotting and money stuff? So oh, I think as traditionally as a therapist, I would know how many hours I needed to work. Mm-hmm. I've basically pretty much almost always been in private practice with yeah. some side gig going, but I always wanted slots for those that were in need because I too was supported and helped by somebody along my growth time. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I've stopped growing, but I mean, I'm short drinking, but I'm still growing. (laughs) But um, I think that when I was looking at how many hours can I work and how much can I charge? And a large part of my consciousness was like, what can I charge? And feeling like, oh, I shouldn't charge that much or too much or... Mm. And then every now and then I'd wake up and go, oh, my colleagues are charging a lot more because I'm a worker bee. So I get very busy working. Then I don't realize 
that, you know, the world around me is changing. So, so mm-hmm. you have to be careful of that, not, but um, realizing my connecting my value to what I have to offer and the value that it can offer to somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. It's priceless, and, really. I believe that. Like, how yeah. do you put a price on healing transgenerational trauma? I don't, I have yet to know really, like you can't because we are human beings that we're priceless. So mm-hmm. it, it comes down to other things. Right. And well, you have to, you have to be in a place where you're actually, you know, taking good care of yourself so that you can give those transformations. Right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, if you're seeing too many clients and you're exhausted and you're developing health problems and all of that, you're not, your clients are not going to be as well served as, as they could be. Mm-hmm. But I think that as therapists, we're creative people. And we can also express our creativity in multiple ways, mm-hmm. but it doesn't only have, our money does not only have to come from our practice. I mean, as a kid, I used to play school. Mm-hmm. I always, and I had my mentor, Dr. John Caracas, who started Core Energetics, and I'd watch him fly around the world and spread seeds of love and, and light. And it was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And just planting that seed in my awareness without realizing that that's how I ended up to shape my life. Mm-hmm. But it's really, I think that following my passions mm-hmm. of where my I have fun giving, and that's what happened with Beth and I. So mm-hmm. I told her that I learned this word plurking, it's playing and working. <laughs> I love that. So we get together, we're just having fun creating something. Yes. The side benefit is that we're also going to, you know, and the self-care is that we're going to make right. money off of it. But I think you highlighted something earlier too, that I want to point out to people listening. A lot of times when people seek help on money blocks or things like that in their practice, they're just wanting to remove the block. You know, I just want to get over this hump. But one of the things you said, it's like unlocking the creativity because what can be uncomfortable, especially when you're going, like we refer to as going beyond the couch, when you're doing something beyond that one-to-one service, anything beyond that, is that you might be the one that's leading the pack and doing something that nobody else has done. You both are doing something that hasn't been done, you know, and it's, it's, there's no, there's no roadmap. There's, you know, you can take your lessons from before, but removing that block, it's not just this, it's not just that it's unleashing the creativity so that you have that energy to catapult you into taking action. So let me say one other thing that I do feel is like, I love still working with people. Mm -hmm. And as if you're going to expand into that other creativities, if you're going to bridge something in in those creativities with therapy, it's great to work with other people because it also adds to your Mm -hmm. creativity because you get to creatively work with clients that expands into how you can teach. Mm -hmm. my clients inform my teaching, my teaching informs my clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a nice feedback loop. Yeah. So when you're working with therapists who are blocked, what does that process look like? That's a great question. So part of, let me just back up and say that part of what I noticed uh, as far as what was available to help therapists or help anybody really work through money blocks there's a lot of mindset stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And mindset is of course important, but it's not the full picture. Also working on earning more money is important, 
but it's not the full picture. And what I started seeing with, with, uh, with other therapists is that they would earn more money, but because the block was still there and the money scripts were still there and they were still operating under, under this, this unconscious um, kind of umbrella of, of yuckiness is that the problem was not resolving. So earning more money doesn't, isn't, doesn't equal having more money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we were sitting down and talking through this specific program that we have launched um, earlier this year in January, um, we were looking at, okay, it's not just about securing money. It's also about safeguarding the money that, that you get. So saving the money. It's also about how you're spending the money, mm-hmm. right? It's also how you're growing, how you're sowing the seeds for the future. It's how you're investing the money. And also the last one, how you're sharing the money, how you're giving the money. Many therapists start with giving. They start with, okay, um, this person calls and I really want to work with them and they can't afford, again, an assumption that we make, they can't afford to pay more. So I'm going to slide my fee down to here and not even knowing if they, if they as a therapist can afford that in their business. Right. So we, we're taking a a full approach, first of all, exploring the historical patterns and behaviors, intergenerational stuff that has influenced how we view money, because, you know, we learn about money through our experiences when we're very, very young, sometimes even before we're born Mm -hmm. and that, that information gets registered in our systems Mm -hmm. without us having any declarative memory. So we're taking a look at a historical, um, you know, land, land, um, you know, and, and, and taking the perspective of, okay, let's get curious about why it is that I have this difficulty saving money in my life or difficulty, you know, holding on to money. Um, Mm -hmm. What, what are the patterns that I learned from my family? What's the generational stuff been? What happens, you know, culturally in the environment in which I grew up in? Mm -hmm. Um, What about being a therapist? You know, because there, there's that culture of, of wanting to give and, Mm -hmm. you know, being selfless and, oh, don't go into therapy if you want to make money, Mm -hmm. you know, um, this, this is a selfless giving profession, all of that kind of stuff. We have to identify that. And then we use brain spotting to help clear that out in Mm -hmm. each of the areas. So the, the securing of money, the safeguarding of money, the spending of money, the sewing of the money that we have, Mm -hmm. and also sharing that. Mm -hmm. Imagine the difference when, like we were talking about earlier, the decision to have a partnership, the decision to like see more clients, all these things, when it's tied to a block or yes. a belief or this intrinsic at the cellular level that we, we are not even aware of, when it's tied to something that isn't in our best interest and is in our highest and best and isn't unleashing the creativity, mm-hmm. it really does shift all the decision-making moving forward too. When those mm-hmm. things are healed and mm-hmm reorganized. Um, it, it makes it a lot clearer and more confident as a clinician. I can see as a person myself who has gone through brain spotting, who does self spotting as well. I can say that it changes the way I feel about a decision because I know that it's coming from a place that is healed. It is a place that is more true to who I am. And I have sloughed off in a way that's, that's my terminology. I just kind of like shed the old mm-hmm. stuff, you know, yes. with using brain spotting 
and lots of other things too, but I have found it really just fascinating how in my experience, if you have never experienced brain spotting, it is, you know, when you were saying Cynthia about like the heat on the back of your head, it's like, I could feel something physically in my brain. And then that that was it. And then over time I look back and I'm like, Whoa, I shifted. And I didn't even notice (laughs) really wild and really fun, uh, to experience. I have to say, I I have loved it and it has helped me immensely. That was beautiful. Yeah. 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 So if people are interested, if you are a therapist and you have heard Beth and Cynthia share, like they have experience in their own practices and lots of, and they've had their own blocks that they've had to overcome too, Mm -hmm. but taking this culmination and then using brain's body to unleash their own creativity into, into doing something for therapists, what is the best way that they could find out about you, reach out to you? Okay. You know, thank you. I just want to say we started this intensive program called Embodying Financial Flow. Mm-hmm. Our website is Financial Flow, but the intensive is embodying because we really work with that embodying the shift mm-hmm. and the change that we can't, you know, we, we can't leave the body out. Yeah. Yeah. We so have to you be integrated. Go, right. Yeah. You can go to embodyingfinancialflow.com. And there you'll learn about this intensive program that we have. Um, it's 10 weeks. It's a pretty intense experience. You will be um, getting a, a partner um, in the program to do some work in between sessions. We call it, um, uh, you, so you're, you're, you're going to be doing some self-spotting, but it's going to be witnessed. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have a self-spotting spotter partner person mm-hmm. to do the work with. And it's amazing. First of all, I, I do run um, a, a free Facebook group um, for, for people who are brain spotting trained on self-spotting. But what I found is that people don't do it. Mm-hmm. They will say that they'll do it and, oh yeah, I need to do more of it. But if they have a partner that they're meeting with and accountability, they, it, it's, it's, yes. it's not just accountability. It actually is somebody there who is holding the space for you, Mm -hmm. who allows you to go wherever you need to go, just makes it a safer process. And so, yeah, I mean, it is accountability because I'm going to show up, we've made an appointment together. I'm going to work with you for half an hour. You work with me for half an hour and that'll be great. Uh, Or you'll you'll hold space for me and I'll hold space for you. Um, But it is the attuned presence of another person just holding that space that really makes the difference. So we integrate that into our program. We do lots of live brain spotting exercises to address all of these different areas and to work through the money scripts that people have. Um, By the way, if you're interested, money scripts is a term that was coined by Brad and Ted Klontz, doctors Brad and Ted Klontz, K-L-O-N-T-Z, if you're looking that up on the internet. Um, and it's really, really fascinating information um, and really great uh, to know as a therapist. Um, so check that out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I just want, if you were listening, for you to think about before you make another decision in building your practice or where you're going to go or what you're going to do for at, at the time of this recording, we're at the end of 2022 and everyone's planning for 2023. Imagine if you were fighting less with yourself and removed some of those stories, scripts, and things that have informed you to get to this far. Maybe you've made it and it's been great, but imagine the potential when there's more freedom within yourself um, moving forward in your practice. 
So thank you both for being here and sharing your stories. I'm hoping, I know I'm inspired and I, I'm hoping others listening are as well. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Kelly. Kelly. Great thank seeing you. you. Yeah. So you can check them out at embodyingfinancialflow.com and we'll see you all next time. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.